appreciate Jesus today. Hallelujah. And if you are blessed by that song, I want you to let me appreciate Choma and the Elevation Priest of Praise. Please appreciate them. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your right hand with me today and say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm chosen. I'm not forsaken. Say, I'm who God says I am. I can have what God says I can have. I can go where God says I can go. I can do what God says I can do. Say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm not in bondage. I'm free to serve God, to love God, and to be a blessing. If somebody shout with me today, say, I'm a child of God. Come on, somebody, appreciate Jesus one more time. Hallelujah. What a joy and what a privilege to be in God's house today. I want to welcome everyone joining us online from all around the world, wherever you are joining this service, whether you are home, on the road, at the airport, you know, in the office, wherever you may be right now, we want to welcome you very specially. And I want to ask that you set apart this time as a time of encounter with God and just take distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the preaching and teaching of God's word. And for every one of us right in the room also, I want to encourage you uh, to pay attention, uh, to just take distractions away from you and dedicate this time to uh, the word of God. The Bible says where the word of the king is, there is power. So the power of God is present. And as we share the word of God, faith is going to be rekindled in your heart. And you want to open your heart to receive the engrafted word into your spirit. Uh, because Jesus said the word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And I believe that the life of God will surge through your being today in the name of Jesus. I pray that as we preach and teach God's word today, the power of God will heal your body. It will heal your mind. It will heal your emotions in the name of Jesus. Somebody, you will gain clarity from the word of God today. Confusion shall be far from you in the name of Jesus. The spirit of God will rule and reign in your life afresh. It will guide you. It will lead you. And it will help you. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say it better. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited uh, to be able to bring us God, God's word today. Uh, we're starting a new series of teachings uh, from today that will take us into several weeks, maybe four or five weeks to come. And I want you to uh, you know, continue to pay attention. Uh, by the way, I want to especially appreciate all of our ministers and pastors and our volunteers we pulled up Exponential 2022 in grand style. And it was a blessing. Yeah, what you saw in the recap video was just a little bit of it. They couldn't even capture all the speakers and all the other things that happened. And we couldn't annotate that video properly. We had people from almost all the states in, in Nigeria, our 12 or 13 uh, centers all, all around the country, in Kano, in Kanduna, in Jalingo, in... Uh, in, you know, in Portacourt, in Wari, in, in different places, in Ibadan, um, in, yeah, different places, in Abelkuta, all, all people got great feedback from people who gathered there to be able to be a part of Exponential this year. People joined us online from all around the world, pastors and ministers. We believe uh, that everyone wins when a leader gets better. And when a spiritual leader gets better, souls are redeemed, a generation is preserved. And that's why we're making that serious contribution into the life of called men and women, whom we call ministers of the gospel, uh, to be able to empower them with the right skills, the right leadership skills, the right uh, uh, you know, spiritual skills or spiritual enablement that is necessary for this changing season. And we, we believe that uh, those churches and ministries will never be the same again in Jesus' name. I want to encourage everyone to keep praying for our brothers and sisters uh, and the people of Ukraine. Uh, uh, this is 2022, and you know, I was telling my wife, uh, 2020, we'll finish Exponential Conference and COVID hit. <laughs> and this year, <laughs> we'll finish Exponential Conference and then Russia hits Ukraine. And I was wondering, is there something about this February, you know, that uh, while we just finished celebrating, you know, love and all that, an intense violence and hatred is unleashed upon our world. 
I don't know about you, but if you've seen some of the very graphic videos from Ukraine, then you know that what we're dealing with is not a joke. Yeah, I saw a missile entered into a residential building, multi-story building yesterday. Uh, um, uh, it was horrific. Uh, people are running elter-skelter. I, I mean, I have a friend who has two sons in Ukraine, Ukrainian university, and they're, 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 we have online church members. Yeah. Uh, there's Anwar Folayon, who's one of our leaders in online church, who is a, a student in, in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, we've been praying for her and many other people. We have over 3,000 Nigerian students in Ukraine. Yeah. Who are in school in Ukraine as, as, as at this time. Yeah. You saw video footages of some of them in underground bunkers saying, look, we're stranded. We don't know what to do. You know, some of them are trying to find their way to Poland. Um, war is a state of anarchy. Uh, it's only prayers and the help of God that can secure anyone in a state of anarchy. Yeah, so we, we continue to pray and speak over that spirit of anarchy that has been unleashed on Ukraine. Uh, you know, I made a post in the course of the week, and one ignorant person commented on my post and said, this is hypocrisy. Why are we calling for prayer? We've been praying for people in Ukraine when we are not praying for Nigeria or the people suffering in Africa. And I was like, you don't compare <laughs> apples and oranges. This is war. Yeah, this is war that's, you know, that's calling for global attention. And the Church of God in Nigeria must participate in how we bring the hand of God to bear in that situation. Because we believe that our God still rules and reigns in the affairs of men. Yeah, and it's the governor among the nations. And it's the one eventually that can bring peace upon our world. Man-made peace can be short-lived, but when God says there's peace, then that peace, nobody can overrule it. And we pray that the peace of God will rest upon Ukraine, that this war will not be protracted in the name of Jesus, and the different parts of the world that may be affected in one way or the other, that God will turn it around for our good in the precious name of Jesus. Or say a better amen, somebody. So I want to encourage you as you go into the week, let's keep praying for the peace of our world. Yeah, the peace of our world. Too many things are happening at the same time. You know, the moment this happened, COVID paved into insignificance. Yeah. Uh, and we don't know what is ahead in, uh, uh, as we go into the year. These are back pangs. That's what, how the Bible describes them. I don't want to distract myself. I don't want to go into that. But they're back pangs. Uh, Jesus spoke about the signs, end of the age. Yeah, the signs. You know, and it described wars in nations and all kinds of things and plagues and all that as bad pangs. That shows that the end is near, but not that the end has come. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. But the signals, signals. And we have to position appropriately, putting our spiritual antennas on and continuing to pray that even in the midst of volatility and chaos, where the world needs leadership the most, like I was saying at Exponential this year, where the world needs leadership the most, we will not cave in as the church. We are the light of the world, a city that is set upon the hill that cannot be hidden. So in the midst of volatility and crisis, we won't cave in as the church of the living God. We will take position to shine our light. Darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness with people, but God said, I'll, I'll give you light, and then you have to shine it. That's what God is expecting from us. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's time to shine your light. Shine your light. Everywhere, you go. Everywhere you go. Praise God. So we start a new series of teachings this morning. We have tagged it, Set Apart. Set Apart. Set Apart. We're speaking to the subject of sanctification. That's a big word. Theological word or Bible word. Because you don't hear sanctification in your office every day. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. When was the last person, I mean, when was the last time somebody walked into your office and say, hey, BC, are you sanctified? <laughs> it's not a regular language again, but it's, it's a language of the scriptures. And it means to be set apart, to be Prepared for something. 
that you have been ordained for. I was saying in the first service that uh, one of the ways to get somebody to understand what it means to be set apart, for instance, is in the scriptures where the Bible says in the great house there are many vessels, someone to honor and someone to dishonor. That means, growing up, for instance, my dad has this special plate that he uses for some meals. Like if he wants to have his full, um, how would I say full English breakfast? No, full Nigerian lunch. Yeah, full Yoruba lunch. And you call, and you know from where I came from, it's a combination of many things. You have the, uh, what do you, how do you call that in English? Amala. The swallow. They did not layer like three different kind of soup on top of it. You need something roundish with depth <laughs> to be able to take it in. Yeah. And there's a special one that was only for him alone. It was called Daddy's Plate. That plate was set apart for Daddy. Are you still with me today? Um, I also have a privilege in my home, courtesy of my wife, to have this special plate. And every time I use it, I feel good. <laughs> it's part of the reward of my labor. <laughs> now my girls know that this plate is daddy's plate. It has been set apart for me to use. Can I say to somebody today that God wants you set apart for him to use you? Can you look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, you are daddy's plate? <laughs> yeah? You know, in every house there are all kinds of plates. But there are some that is set apart for daddy or for mommy or for junior, as the case may be. God said, I want my people to have a sense of being set apart, separated, and set apart for me, because I want to be able to use them for my glory. I want to be able to use them. In the New Testament, or in the New Covenant, the word, the Greek word is, Agiosmos, agiosmos, which means basically set apart. That's the word we use for sanctification, for set apart. Uh, uh, in the sense of being set apart from all else and dedicated for Yahweh's use. You know, there's a way I plan to live my life without the sense that the eyes of God are on me, that I've been set apart for a particular purpose, I may leave it anyhow. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. Just the same way that if you have somebody in the house, whether your children or a steward and all that, that which has been set apart for the head of the home is treated slightly specially. Am I saying the truth? Some of us have dresses and clothes that we set apart for certain occasions. Yeah. Christmas dress. All kinds of things that, you know, we have some things in our wardrobe that only come out. When they come out, somebody died. <laughs> or something like that. Or there's something that, that is so important to be separate, celebrated, and then we bring them out. You and I need to have that mindset about ourselves, that we're not regular. Yeah. Not just anybody in the world can use us. Yeah. Not every occasion gets our attention. Just like the special clothes in your wardrobe, it's not for every occasion. When you're set apart, it means that you, you're different. Your functionality is different. God's eyes are on you. And the foundation for sanctification or being set apart for God's use is a sense of righteousness that have been made righteous 
That sense of righteousness is the foundation for sanctification. It's the foundation for being set apart. Many people are living their lives anyhow today because they don't have any sense that God wants to use them for his glory, that he has a special assignment, that his hand is on them, that his eyes are on them. The writer of the book of 1 Peter described it aptly in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. He says, but you, but you, but you are a chosen generation. But you, I mean, it presupposes that he had been describing some things and then decided to describe you and I. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you may proclaim the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The foundational understanding of sanctification is in the understanding of my righteous nature. Yeah, that I share the nature of God. I'm a child of God. I'm not available to the devil. I'm a child of God. I'm an ambassador of heaven set apart for certain assignments on earth. I'm not available for any kind of influence on earth. Not just anyhow influence. I'm not available for anything that derails from the focus of the assignment because I've been marked, set apart, sanctified. Yeah. Set apart, sanctified. You know, one other thing that the Holy Spirit brought to my mind as I said, marked, is you know, I, I play golf. Golf is one of those sports where you use multiple balls. I have my ball, you have your ball. We can have a game of three people or four people we're all playing together. Each of us, one of the rules of the game is that as you tee off from the first hole, you mention the mark on your ball. So it says Tetley's one or Callaway two. Those are brands in, in golf. And they mark the ball. So when I play the ball and we get to the front, I can say, this is my ball. It's colorway too. That's how it has been marked. This is mine. When God sees you and I in the game of life, as we go on, it's looking out for you and I. Uh, you are my ball. Yeah, you are the one I've sent forward. You are the one I'm following after you. My win or lose depends on you. Are you still with me today? That's how you wouldn't just get into the world and want to just be anywhere, at any time, do anything, because you have been set apart. God's eyes are on you for good. He's routing for you. He wants you to turn out well because it's in your turning out well that his own grace is celebrated. God will not take glory in your failure. He will not take glory when you cave in. He takes glory in your strength and in your capacity as you embrace what he has given you. Glory be to Jesus. So the concept of righteousness is something that every believer must understand. That we have been chosen, reconciled to God, and made acceptable to him, therefore we are righteous. We are righteous. And our righteousness is not of us. It is a gift from God. It is the nature of God bequeathed to us as salvation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Righteousness, ladies and gentlemen, is the foundational force or foundational uh, uh, operating system of the kingdom of God which reinforces the fact that we have been set apart. I hope somebody is following me today. Are you still here? Glory be to Jesus. Righteousness. Righteousness. Righteousness is not what you do. It is who you are. Righteousness is the believer's identity. It is our nature, not a set of activities. Righteousness starts with being before doing. It starts with being before doing. Let me explain it in a certain way. Romans 5 and verse 17. 
I want you to follow this very carefully. Romans 5 and 17. Can you put it on the screen for me? New King James Version. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one, the one, Jesus Christ. I need you to understand this. Everyone that is born into this world inherited a nature. It is the nature of sin. It is not the act of sin. We sin because we inherited a nature of sin. The Bible says if by one man's offense, Adam and Eve in the garden, they were created into bliss, given an assignment. Sin was not on the table until the devil showed up. When the devil showed up, it did not only cause them to sin and disobey God, he installed a different operating system, which is called the sin nature. So it presupposes that after them, everyone that will come through them will come in, clean slate, but with a particular operating system, which is the sin nature. And when we then come into Christ, according to John 3, when Jesus had an exchange with Nicodemus, he said, he that is born of the, of the flesh is flesh, but he that is born of the spirit is spirit. It's not spiritual, it's spirit. What does it mean? You inherit a new nature when you submit your life to Christ. That nature is the nature of righteousness. It comes by believing in Christ as your Lord and Savior and accepting that it's Sacrifice on the cross of Calvary was done on your behalf. The price was paid fully. That was why when Christ hung on the cross, one of the last things that he said, it is finished. It is finished there. It did not just mean that we have completed the project of the redemption of mankind. It is that the price has been paid fully. There's a price for redemption. When Christ hung on the cross, the finality of the price was paid. It is not hired for chase, it was full payment. It was not installment, it was full. Paid completely, sealed, signed, and I mean signed, sealed, and delivered. Glory be to Jesus. That's what that was what happened on the cross of Calvary. And the Bible says, uh, you know, in, 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 in the scripture that we read, in Romans 5 and 17, that if through one man Death came into the world. He said, in the same vein, through one man, Jesus Christ, righteousness, we have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness we will reign in this world. What does it mean to reign in this world? It means to reign uh, uh, over and above the prevailing nature that has subjected every man in the world to a particular level of existence. In Christ, you receive a different operating system that can make you function above that level. All of us have phones. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. And it's either, majorly speaking, it's either you are on iOS, Apple, operating system, or Android. How many Android people are in the service today, whether online or here? Can I see a show of hands? All right. How many Apple people are here? Yeah. Can I see a show of hands? Yeah. How many people have their own operating system? <laughs> no, I just want to be sure, because it's an assumption. So just think it's the two. You know, all, things, all, all kinds of things happen, especially from China. So uh, I, I just want to be sure. <laughs> Praise God. So there are all, I mean, we all have gadgets with operating systems. Many people want to live their Christian life like you start with Android. But you want to pull apps from iOS and put on Android. What will happen? I said, what will happen? Chaos. Chaos. It won't work. So we need to get this operating system first before we start to layer on it. So you want to download Monogami app, Fidelity app, Unseen Nature. It's not going to work. You want to download accountability and financial probity. It's not going to work. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. 
You want, you, 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 you want to download sobriety. It's not going to work. Somebody has been trying to stay off something. Yeah. Want to leave that thing that is diminishing your capacity to, to concentrate at work. You know, somebody who is listening to me now, maybe you're struggling with a particular substance. You can't download it on the whole nature. The whole nature enables it. It does not disable it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. If you want to download peace, you can't download it on chaos, <laughs> which is the old nature, confused nature. It can only work on the righteousness operating system. So Romans 14 and verse 17, for instance, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking. Yeah. Romans 14 and 17, put it on the screen for me. For the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness is the foundational force of the kingdom upon which we layer every other thing. Upon which we layer every other thing. Can I describe it this way? When you have accepted, just like the song we sang earlier, I am who God says I am. I am chosen. I'm not forsaken. I'm a child of God. Then you need to understand that what you are declaring is that I have access. That access is called righteousness. Yeah. It's a gift. Isaiah 64 and verse number 6. The Bible says the righteousness, man's righteousness is like filthy rags before God. It's like filthy rags before God. Say, but we are all alike, an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags before God. There's a difference between righteousness and morality. Morality is man's attempt to do good, to match up to the moral codes of the society. It's man's attempt. It's just like religion is man's attempt to please God. Righteousness is God's attempt to capture man. Whilst religion says, go and look for God, New Testament Christianity says, God is looking for you. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. God is looking for you. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Religion says, continue to strive. Pray this number of hours. Pray this many times a day. Try to please God. Try. Righteousness says, God is after you. He wants to impact a gift on you. And it's a gift with a lift. It's a, an empowering gift that will empower you to be able to live out God's nature. You don't have to be religious. You just have to be in Christ and embrace your nature of righteousness. Yeah. You don't have to be struggle, I mean, to be struggling to please God. You need to submit yourself to God. Awake to righteousness and sin not and take away the unclean things. That's what the scripture says. To awake to something means to be aware of it. To understand I've been given something. Many people are doing everything to break loose from certain things to be able to please God. But God says, I, I got you. I'm with you. I watch your back. I'm with you. You just need to be aware of my presence. You just need to be aware of my nature that has been given to you. It has coded in it an empowerment that can bring you to my level. Are you still with me today? You can't keep running when you have the capacity to fly. Yeah. You can't keep walking when you have the capacity to fly. Many people are trying to walk more and, you know, put more effort. And God says, let my spirit carry you. You can fly. Yeah. Let my grace carry you. You can fly. 
You have it installed in you already. Glory be to Jesus. That's why we say righteousness starts with being before it gets to doing. God will never demand from you to do something that he has not given you the capacity to do. It's not unrighteous. Many people are looking for peace. Isaiah 32, verse 17, in New Living Translation, look at what it says. And this righteousness will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in safety quietly at home. They will be at rest even if the forest should be destroyed and the city turned down. The Lord will greatly bless his people. Wherever they plant seed, bountiful crops will spring up. Their cattle and donkeys will graze freely. That's what the scripture says. All these are offshoots of righteousness. The effect of righteousness is peace and quietness and confidence. And my people shall dwell in peaceable habitation. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So it's important for you and I to understand that God has a plan for us already to walk in his image and in his likeness. I love this illustration. Many of us invite people into our homes, and when they get into our homes, we give them access. There are some people who will visit your home. They will have to answer one or two questions from the gates before they can enter. Am I saying the truth? Because they are like strangers. And some people will never go beyond the gates while some people enter into the compound. Some people will not step through the first door. But you know that some people will come to your home. They don't, nobody asks them any question at the gate. Nobody asks them any question at the front door. They can get into the living room, but they can't go beyond the living room. That's the level of familiarity you have with them. Some of us, the way we practice our Christianity, we still behave like that with God. Whereas there are some people that will come into your home. There's no question at the gate. There's no question at the front door. They can go beyond. <laughs> they can step beyond the living room and even get into your kitchen. They can open your fridge and take whatever they want and drink. Nobody will query them. Am I saying the truth? But there are some people that are empowered to do more. They can take your drink, eat your food, and still enter your bedroom. Because of what? Access. Those people are mostly family. I hope you understand what I'm saying. But you know the last group? Your children. Whether biologically or by adoption, anyone that is called a child in a home has access to every part of the home, including your bedroom. The best you can do is to tell them, please knock before you enter. <laughs> yeah. Even when they are still young, they will ask you, why should I knock? <laughs> yeah. You, have, you know how to train them to say it's just courtesy. And some things happen around here that is not in your best interest. So, <laughs> so behave. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I hope you understand what I'm saying. But this is where I'm going with that. Romans... 8, maybe from verse 13 or so. Can you put it up for me? There is access that has been given to you and I when we submitted our lives to Christ. That gift of righteousness takes away all the inhibitions from my mind. I have been accepted in the below. I have the nature of Christ in me. My righteousness is not based on my works. It's a gift that God bequeathed to me because I'm his child. It comes with peace. It comes with access. It comes with everything. It's the foundation for faith, for believing in God, for accessing joy, for accessing peace. Somebody who has a feeling of unrighteousness cannot pray to God with peace of mind. You'll be wondering whether he will answer you or not. When you doubt your paternity, you can't make request easily. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Just like what Pastor Debo was saying the other time, um, 
He went to his daughter's school to pay the school fees the one week after the school started. And then they got back from, from school and was telling his daughter, oh, I was in your school today. He said, what did you come to do? He said, I, I came to sort out your school fees. He said, you're just paying. <laughs> yeah. The daughter was like, I thought you paid before the school resumed. What kind of, what kind of thing is that? Uh, you're just paying after one week. You understand? And he said he was thinking, ah, hey, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's that point where you want to school your child to say, ah, it's not everybody that has money to pay. You better thank God that I even can pay after one week. You know, that kind of thing. You think these things are automatic. You know, your children, they don't even think that you are thinking of the payment. They just believe that daddy will pay. Can we relate like that to God? That's what righteousness does to you. Yeah. You, you get into the place of prayer, not like you are going to fight God. You know there's spiritual warfare where you are dealing... Uh, no. You can't bring spiritual warfare to God. God is not your enemy. Because the way some people approach prayer is like, we'll fight God to finish today. You must do this. You must do that. You know? <laughs> you have to be a wicked parent for your child to be tearing your clothes before you face to face. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. A sense of having a right standing with God, having the nature of God, being a child of God, that's what it does to you. So the Bible says, in Romans chapter 8, it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if you live according to the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the flesh. And in verse 14, it says, as many as are led by the spirit, they are children of God. I want to explain something with this. As we unfold a little bit more the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. Uh, I, I'll read it from the Amplified Translation. From the Amplified Translation. Can we read it from um, verse 12? Amplified Classic Translation. Put it up for me. Amplified Classic. Verse 12. Romans 8 and verse 12. It says, So then, brethren... We are debtors, but not to the flesh. We are not obligated to our carnal nature to live a life ruled by the standards set up by the dictates of the flesh. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are Habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. Let me pause there. I'll come back to this. We have a gift from God, which is the gift of righteousness, that God expects us to unwrap, to see the functionality of it, and to live it out. That's what we call the practice of righteousness. But before I fully dive into the practice of righteousness in the, the last few minutes that I have, I want to emphasize one or two things about the gift that we're talking about. We become righteous by accepting the gift of righteousness as salvation through faith in Christ. We get the full benefit of the gift of righteousness when we understand the nature of the gift, the function of the gift, and the features of the gift. It is when we understand that, that we get the full benefit of it. Let me describe something to us. Time will not permit me to get into more scriptures today, but I'll still do a few more, but I need to explain this. All through the scriptures, you read the epistles of Paul to the Romans, to, you know, Galatians, to Ephesians. Paul was always talking about the old man and the new man. There are forces that work in this world and in our lives. One, the old man or the sin nature which was enabled through Adam and works in everyone that will come into this world. And then, we have 
the righteous nature, which is the nature of God, bequeathed to us at new birth in Christ Jesus. Then we have the devil and God. God wants to influence me through my new nature, righteousness, the righteous nature, and my consciousness of it. The devil wants to leverage my sin nature to continue to push me in the wrong direction. When I receive the gift of righteousness, which I'm not used to, it's packaged and given to me, and I refuse to unwrap it and check the functionalities of it, this old nature will still continue to thrive. So, for instance, 2 Corinthians uh, 5 and 17, when the Bible says, when a man is in Christ, is a new creature, all things have passed away, behold, all things have become new, it was speaking to the spiritual side of us. Many people think that when you come to the altar and you give your life to Christ or you raise your hand, everything in your life will just disappear. Every bad thing. No, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah, it doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen like that. That's what Romans 12 and verse 1 says. It said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And he said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is a process that enables the righteous nature, unwraps it, make me to know the functionality of it, so that I'm not left with only the functionality of what I've been used to. I know that I've been susceptible to certain things. If you get saved at 20, at 25, at 30, there are things you're already used to in the old nature. When you submit your life to Christ, the old nature is not killed. It is still there. The new nature, which is nature of righteousness, is superimposed. Paul said, I crucify my flesh daily. I disable it daily. I withdraw the enablement that I've given it. And I transfer my allegiance to my new nature on a daily basis. Though our outward man perish, our inward man is daily renewed. Many people are enabling the sin nature and repressing their righteousness, underplaying the effect, the power of righteousness that is at work within you. And our world has been programmed in such a way that everything that we see, that's why Romans 12 and verse 2 says, and don't be conformed to this world. Don't focus on the things you are seeing only. Because they enable the whole part of you. Many people have been in church for years, but their old nature is still being empowered so strongly. It's playing out in how they do business. It's playing out in their marriage. All this, I cannot take nonsense from anybody. I can't take nonsense, you know. Yeah. It's the old man that cannot take nonsense. The new man fashioned after Christ. The same way Jesus took nonsense from you can take nonsense from some people. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Why were yet sinners? Christ died for the ungodly. That's the new nature after Christ. It can persevere. It's the enablement of the human spirit by the Holy Spirit. We call it the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 and 22. The fruit of the Spirit is ah, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, self-control. That is the empowerment of my new nature. And many people are wondering, why is my Christianity not showing and not playing out? What God said is that it is left to you to enable it or continue to disable it. The full, we get the full benefit of the gift of righteousness when we understand the nature of the gift, the functions of the gift, and the features of the gift. Many people here have been... Uh, Married now, maybe three, four, five years. If we check your store, we may still find some gifts that were given, to, were given to you on your wedding day. Some of them yet unwrapped. That's how some of us treat our righteous nature. Yeah. I wish everyone would be like my wife. How do I mean? If you give my wife a gift now, you just leave. Before you enter that room back, she has turned the wrapper. When we just got married, I used to wonder, because that's not my own nature. I mean, 
you can, I can have something for two years and I'm still liking the rap and everything. I'm just looking at it and just like, oh, I remember who gave me this, it's nice. I know this is what is used for, but I've not started using it. Yeah. I used to have a repository of gifts and after a while I'll now be giving them out. Some of them with the same rap. <laughs> I just like to see it packaged, you know, the same way. Some people would make remove everything and that is good in this case and maybe in all cases anyway because now I'm repenting God has given you a gift of righteousness it's time to unwrap it it's time to discover it it's time to walk with it understand the functionality and enable the functionality that is the practice of righteousness that is the practice of righteousness 1 John 3, verse 7, it says, Dear children, New Living Translation, Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people do keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God, came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice, a practice of sin. They don't make a practice. They practice righteousness. They don't practice sin. Because God's life is in them, so they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. And that's why when you go to Romans 8 that we read before, the Bible says we are debtors. Verse 13, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, but we are debtors to the spirit. This is the righteous nature, this is the flesh. It says we are not indebted, we are not slaves to this one. This is the one we are slaves to. This is the one we listen to. That's why verse 14 says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, who have come under the leadership of the spirit of God, they are the children of God or sons of God, mature sons of God. So we have all kinds of children of God, the ones who are still pandering to the nature of sin. The Bible says the ones who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So understand and accept God's principles for holy living. This is how we practice righteousness. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 that I read earlier. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Then, don't be conformed to this word, renew your mind. Another way that we practice righteousness is to take a belief system that we used to have, re-examine it, and take responsibility for jettisoning it and taking something else. Jesus came and said to them, it has been said to you, an eye for an eye. But I, uh, he said, but I say to you, if a brother entreats you, Ask for your clothes. He said, give him your tunic also. If he wants you to go with him one mile, he said, go ten miles. This is how we practice righteousness. This is how we practice righteousness. If there's somebody listening to me right now, you have been unfaithful in your relationship, maybe in your marriage or something, you need to tell yourself, that's not who I am. I have been given the gift of righteousness. That gift, when I enable it fully, will enable me to live like Christ. Yeah. And since Christ will not cheat on his, on, his, on his bride, the church, then I can live a life of fidelity. That is the challenge that comes with the gift of righteousness. And it doesn't matter where you have been and what you have done, you only need to unwrap the gift and enable it. Stop struggling with the old nature. You are not in bondage to the old nature. The Bible says, now in Christ, you are in bondage to righteousness. So practice your righteousness. You know, the way it happens is, as I practice righteousness, I subdue the flesh. I subdue. I don't struggle with the flesh. I subdue it. I put it under subjection. So my mind, mind renewer is at the heart of practice of righteousness. And as you live your daily life, many things will challenge your assumptions. Many things will challenge you to enable 
your righteous nature. Don't forget what I said today. Righteousness is a gift with a lift. It's a gift that empowers. Yeah, it's a gift that empowers you. It empowers you. It empowers you. It's em- it empowers you to practice righteousness. You have to submit to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's why Romans 8 and 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Holy Spirit wants to enable certain things in you, like it's described in in verse 22 of the book of Galatians. It says you can either yield to your old nature or yield to to righteousness, and the Holy Spirit then enables you. So when you find yourself in a situation like my friend, shared with me many years ago where he was visiting a part of the world from where he lived on a business meeting. And I finished the business meeting at night. And uh, all the delegates, a couple of them, as we're going back to their room, the host told them that they have access to certain kind of entertainment. One of the things on the list were babes that, you know, we just um, will supply you babes you know, we just want to show that we're grateful for coming. It's a business meeting, a particular part of the world, I won't mention. Yeah. And my friend said, he, 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 he stood back and asked himself, this is a defining moment. I think there were like four of them from his office. Yeah, men. And the other guys were already feeling their specs. And, you know, something in him kicked him. This is not who I am. If I enable this, I'm going down the slippery slope. But I can practice righteousness. I am not under bondage to my nature that says you will enjoy it. Of course you will enjoy it. But at, at, at what price? And at whose detriment? But there's another part of me that says the wages of sin is there, but the gift of God is eternal life. I cannot, because of a few minutes of pleasure, destroy my life with God in eternity and erode the effect of this gift of righteousness. And that's at the point where you are able to align with your real nature. It's time to stop repressing your real nature because of the pressures in the world. You are chosen. You are who God says you are. You are a child of God. You are not a bastard. You have the nature of God in you. It's time to live out that nature practically on a daily basis. It will practice. It, just, it doesn't jump at you. You enable it based on renewing your mind, being conscious of your righteousness, giving the Holy Spirit, submitting to the Holy Spirit in your life, Understanding that even when you make mistakes, God doesn't want you to remain on that pathway of mistakes. He wants to empower you like we parents do with our children. When a child soils his or her clothes, we, we, or poo it doesn't change their surname. Yeah. The only thing is that it's acceptable at a particular age, it's not acceptable at a particular age. You can't be in church for five years, ten years, and you're still soiling yourself like a spiritual baby. Enable the gift of righteousness. Yeah. Live up to your age, spiritually. Are you still with me today? A child, when he's supposed to walk, he or she is not walking. It's a problem. If you are not yet walking spiritually, come for, for therapy, spiritual therapy, so we can massage the leg and lay hands on you, and then open the scriptures to you a little bit more. We will soon start, you know, our specialized master classes on faith, on prayer, on meditation in the Word, uh, and all those things, on baptism of the Holy Spirit, all those things. Some of us see the announcement on the screen, and you feel like it's not meant for you. It's not meant for you because of what? Because you are too busy at work, making money. When you get to heaven, will they ask you how, many, how much you made on earth? Or whether you shine your light and live true to the nature of Christ that is in you? 
Some people here have never done anything apart from walking to church on Sunday morning to enable their spiritual life. You're joking. You may remain a baby forever. Your potentials in Christ will completely, I mean, will continually be cut if you continue to live that way. Last day today, one of the ways to practice righteousness is to enable accountability, accountability structures around ourselves. Accountability structures. Proverbs 27 and 17. Iron sharpens iron, and a brother will sharpen the countenance of his friend. Enable the accountability structures that God has put around you. Some people have the habit of permitting the people that enable their flesh, their sinful nature. When you look at your network, who, what are they appealing to? What are they enabling? Is it Android or iOS? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I just use that figuratively. Are they enabling your old nature or your new nature? When you audit your friendship and your network, what are they enabling? You can never live up to the full realization of your righteousness surrounded by people who enable your old nature. Are you still with me today? Yeah. As you go into your interactions this week, Watch the people who enable your old nature and the people who enable your new nature. We've been talking about net, uh, um, you know, connect group, different things. Join this online. Join that physically. Some people are never interested in that. But you go into connect group every day, every week. It's just that that connect group is the one that connects with your flesh, connects all your bad habits, enable it. Yeah. In every man and every woman, there's a king and a fool. The one you speak to is the one that will answer to you. All the people speaking to the fool in you, it's time that you terminate their ministry in your life. Yeah. And enable an accountability structure that can speak to the child of the king in you. For as many as are led, who have come under the rulership of the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. How many people here want to manifest their sonship in Christ? Rise on your faith, everybody. Rise on your faith. That's on your faith. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lift your two hands to Jesus, everyone. Lift your two hands to Jesus. Everyone online, I wanted to say after me, say in the name of Jesus, I recognize the gift of righteousness. Say today, I take responsibility to unpack it to unpack it, to enable it, and to practice it. Say, Jesus, I receive grace to practice righteousness. As I go into this new week, Holy Spirit, empower me to be conscious of my nature and to practice my new nature. Say, sin will no longer have dominion over me, so I'm not indebted to my flesh. I'm indebted to Christ. He paid the price. I'm under his influence. So I will live true to my righteous nature. Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, it's a gift I receive freely. I will honor it. I will celebrate it. I will enable it. Can I give you one minute to just say a prayer of your own right now? Whatever you have to say to God, I, I want to just give you this one minute to just talk to God. 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 Let him know that you're yielding. You're giving him room in your life. You're giving him more space. More space. More space. More space. That you're yielding yourself to him. That you're yielding yourself to him afresh. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we refuse to pray, play religion. We want to have encounters with you this season. We want to have encounters with you this season. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. For as many as are submitting to you right now, we ask that your spirit will envelop them. That your spirit will envelop them. We thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you for a divine enablement. Thank you for a divine enablement. Thank you for divine consciousness of our new nature in you. We celebrate you, our Father. We give you all the glory and all the praise. 
in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say a good amen. amen. Two prayers. Then I will hand you over to our resident pastor. Two prayers. One. I want to pray for people who want to receive fresh grace to continually disable a habit that is derailing them from their walk with God. A friend of mine gave his life to Christ many years ago. I used to know him. He smoked anything that has smoke. Yeah. He gave his life to Christ in a church I used to attend. And before the end of that week, without anybody laying hands on him, without any deliverance, just understanding his new nature, staying true to the word, and seeing himself the way God sees him. By the end of the week, he told me, God, man, I've lost taste for cigarettes, for, you know, for cannabis, everything. It's gone. It's gone. And the story I'm telling you is, is over 25 years now. Yeah. I still saw my friend last week. Since then till now, he has never smoked. There are certain things that will just leave you on their own as you enable righteousness. Yeah, you just enable righteousness. It overrides certain habits. When you see yourself differently. It's, who you, it's how you see yourself. I had a testimony of a young lady just focusing on the world and being conscious of her nature in Christ. Same sense attraction just left her. Just like that. Just like that. She gave the testimony on Friday night. My wife and I were listening to her. Just like that. I don't know what you're struggling with. And you think God will have to come down from heaven to separate you from that thing. No. God said, I separated you in Christ. It's you now that you need to separate yourself. Awake to righteousness. Be alive to your righteousness. There's anyone that wants to say that prayer with me, stay where you are, but just put your hand on your heart like this. Yeah, even if you're online. I'm going to pray for you. For someone, before this week is over, the hold of that habit is completely broken. For someone, in 30 days, you are coming back here to give a testimony. Whether it's sexual addiction, pornography, whatever it is, there's power here right now to set free. Whatever brings condemnation to you and separates you from God, God is healing you of it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand in agreement of faith with your sons and daughters. Everyone submitting to you, Coming under your influence afresh, we decree and declare right now that old of the sinful nature is broken over their heart in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you envelope them afresh. Give them a fresh consciousness of the gift that you have given to them. As they go into this new week, enable them to think, to reason, and to meditate on their new nature. Give them grace to act it out. Let old habits drop. In the name of Jesus, receive the fire of God upon your life. It burns off anything that is not planted by God. That fire starts to burn now. In your sleep and in your waking up moment, the fire of God burns in your heart. A fresh awakening and a fresh consciousness. Holy Spirit, make it happen that your name may be glorified. We thank you, everlasting Father, in the precious name of Jesus. Somebody say, believe in amen. If you're blessed today, you can put your hands together and have your seat. Hallelujah. Praise God. I said, praise God. But very quickly, whether you are online or you are in the room, I want to ask for anyone who says, Pastor, I'm not born again. Or, I gave my life to Christ before, but I backslid into sin. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Can I pray for you? With all this bowed, please, just for a minute, if you just oblige me for a minute. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. Whatever you are sitting in the auditorium because of our time, I just want to pray for you where you are. Will you lift your right hand up and identify with this prayer? And I'm going to pray for you. If you are online, go to the chat room and say, I'm submitting my life to Jesus. I want a new nature in Christ. Yeah. 
go to the comment and let us know. I'm giving my life to Jesus. If you are lifting your hand, I want you to lift it well. Whether you are rededicating your life or you are just giving your life to Jesus, maybe you prayed the prayer before, but you just feel something has yanked you off from God, separated you from God, and you want to come back to God. That gift that is an empowerment is coming upon your life as you say this prayer. As you say this prayer. If your hand is up, can you stand by your chair right there? Just stand where you are. Stand. Remain where you are, but stand. 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 Whether you are at the back, in front, in the middle, wherever you are, just stand. 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 I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Thank you, all the bold people standing. I'm still expecting one or two more people. God is touching your heart. Don't wish it away. If you are not sure, you are not sure. Just stand. Just stand. Salvation is free. Just stand. It's the work of Jesus in your life and in your heart. Just stand and say the prayer. God will start something new in your life. All the things you've struggled with, God will start to join forces with you to disable them. And as you go ahead, you know, with the word of today, something new is starting in your life. I'm still waiting. Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. Thank you. Thank you. Still waiting for one or two more people. I don't want to assume. God is knocking at the door of somebody's heart right now. And he wants you to yield. Submission is a sign of humility. And when you humble yourself before God, it will exalt you in due season. So don't, don't repress that knock on the door of your heart. Just stand. Thank you. Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. If you're standing or if you're online, I want you to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I receive you today as my Lord and my personal Savior. I accept your sacrifice on the cross as payment for my sin. I yield my life to you today completely and absolutely. Start something new in my life. Fill my heart with your spirit and give me a new beginning with you. I pledge my life to you to live my, the remaining days of my life loving you, honoring you, and serving you. Thank you, Father, for accepting me just the way I am. If you're standing and just said a prayer with me, can you just walk through the hall? Our ministers are there. They want to lead you. I want you to just follow them. Please just follow them. Just